This is Staying Alive, and I'm Louis J. This is the podcast, and I'm grateful you guys are joining me today. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, with all the podcasts you could choose, I'm happy you chose this one. And uh, Frank's here with me today, so Frank and I are going to ramble about things that have come to light in the last little while. How's it going, Frank? Good. Hopefully, I'm in focus today. The last podcast, I'm not in it because uh, my uh, lack of skills. I'm focused on that camera. <laughs> no, it, it, it was it, a fast setup. It, it was a fast setup, and I'm like, oh, great. Maybe I'll just put a still frame of me in it or something like that. But hopefully, this is now working. Um, I can see the monitor there, so it, it seems to be in focus. So we'll see how we go. Well, we need you in that focus, but we need you in this as this Louis and Frank show in the sidelines here <laughs> to see us both. That's great. Anyway, uh, how are things been? Like, what have you been up to? Uh, personally, pretty busy. We're renoing, uh, doing more renos in our house. It just seemed like we had all this downtime. It's like, well, let's uh, let's do something. Take advantage of this time. Like when we went to the first lockdown, I painted the entire house. And then uh, now we're renoing our main floor, so we had to move the entire family in the basement, and we're sleeping upstairs, and it's just been chaotic. You know, the day of demo is really bad; like it's it's just so messy and nails and everything. But now, like demo crew's gone, now it's just carpentry, so it's very civilized, and uh, you know you hear the odd saw and banging once in a while, but it's not like it's the not crazy the noise and mess of three days of ripping everything out. So. Well, I think you and, you know, most of the population are going through some form of demo, reno. I mean, um, I, I heard the retail reports for spending. Um, and, of course, renovation materials are through the roof. Oh, yeah. The lumber uh, is expensive. Lumber is expensive. The pre-orders takes you months to get product in. And well, I was telling you appliances. Um, our contractor was saying that if you don't order them now, it might be four months, maybe a year. And it all depends on what, you know, what's in stock and what's not in stock. And apparently there was a shortage of uh, circuits, um, circuit breakers or something like that. Oh, wow. Which affected the appliance uh, business and I believe the automotive. They were shutting down uh, automotive plants for a little while till they got caught up. So... It's incredible. You don't know the strain on the system until you start living through this and recognizing that the connection for one little product has a major effect on the delivery of of so many. Yeah, the supply chain. Like early, uh, the lumber yards, the the mills shut down when when everything happened, when COVID launched. And now it's just catch up, right? People got sick. They have to run 24-7. They're just just, uh, impossible to catch. Like last summer... Everybody bought all this lumber to build decks and fences, and there was, there was nothing left. That's right. Everybody, we did the same. We built a fence. Mm. Finally, the dogs have a place to wreck the backyard without any uh, without any restrictions or limitations. They're out on their own, and we've got a yard to clean up now. But the fence that went in is incredible, and it gave us a privacy because we're on a corner lot. Yeah. And uh, the whole world kind of peers into our little corner lot. So it's nice to have that. But we also, we were lucky. We got in at the right time. Yeah. We did have to have a little delay, um, and then of course it's the it's the contractors and the people that are doing it after the fact. And we heard, you know, some crews caught COVID, so they were out for weeks. Like the ripple effect 
Um, you know, most of, most of them made it through, no problem, but some of them had it worse than others. Um, but I mean, like, it's just every, it's everything's just getting uh, a monkey wrench thrown in thrown into the whole process. So, you know, uh, but it seems like right now that we've been back what a week and a half now um, from in the gray area. I think that's what they they got us gray say. zone. Yeah, yeah, just modified gray. Modified gray. People are just carrying on like it. COVID never even happened right now. I mean, they're still wearing masks, but the way that they're carrying on and carrying themselves, it's, it's kind of strange. Yeah, it's, uh, it's frustrating to see because, of course, you know, we as a business in this particular business are still shut down. Although retail is open, we're allowed 25% capacity. But 25% in a barbershop uh, that's not allowed to do barbering services yeah. really doesn't amount to much. I mean, in the sense that we're, people aren't knocking down the door to come in and buy their hair pomade or their beard oil um so it didn't really do much to affect us i think that we recognize that our biggest next important play is to increase the um the product offerings on our website Mm -hmm. make sure that our our online game is really strong uh continue to drive new products and build a community online because um hey listen i want to be well prepared for when this happens again it's not even a matter of if but when it does yeah. happen again um certainly won't be caught with our pants down there yeah. you know um anyway on to, back to your 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 renovation uh story I, I think that a lot of people are sharing that same uh challenge right now um and uh, I've constantly been working on something at the house when time allowed, and I'm so happy to report that I've got an office back. Nice. Because in every <laughs> other project, you ended up, you know, making the office or that spare room or that bedroom or that, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a garage, we don't. Uh, it just gets filled, and it becomes a yeah. dumping ground. And, and my office became the dumping ground, and I wasn't being effective when i was in there i felt like i was just drowning in clutter because and you don't want to even hang out in there because it doesn't feel like a good work environment too like i i know for myself if i'm not in the right environment like to study i have to go to a library was that right i can't i can't do it anywhere else (laughs) i gotta i gotta be in the full they built this place to be quiet that's where i gotta study if i'm doing a test or anything head down Head down. I can't do it anywhere else at home or anything. I have to go to the library. That's That just works for me. So I have to be completely immersed in the environment. So if my desk and my area and it's got all this stuff in the way, it's like I can't feel productive in there at all. Yeah. You know? I'm I, in the same boat. I'm the same boat. I literally take my computer off my desk, bring it into the kitchen, kitchen. table, and just like start cranking there because it just feels just better. It's just cleaner and the environment allows more to come into your mind. I did the same thing. I spent most of my uh, Zoom calls with clients sitting in um, my dining room. The nice part was is that we just did a little upgrade to the dining room, so I'm really, really proud of this photo wall that we created, this framed wall. You know when you you mash a bunch of frames together yeah. on a wall? Not always do they look good, but this one took me a long time, and I was really, really happy for it. So I didn't mind doing my meetings out there, but I'll tell you, having a fully functional, organized office again is like magic. It I've is. I've got the whiteboards rolling. I've, I'm coming up with creative ideas yes. and thoughts. And last last time we met on the podcast, I was talking about this need for creativity. I need some injection. Now that I've, I've got the office back, I've got a sofa in there, a beautiful sofa, where I can actually just Mac out, put the feet up, and, uh, and then scroll through the world of the internet and mm-hmm. see what I can get creatively to come into play. But... Now that I've got the environment again, I feel like there's production happening. There's productivity and creativity on the rise. That makes me really happy. 
Um, and of course, you know, I'm looking forward to the moment when we can get back into the stores and open those up and, yeah. and see that light again too. But you know, well, the mall, the malls are open. The um, malls are open. Yeah. My son immediately had to go return a sweatshirt. Uh, and like I said, you know, you could wait a week. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> rammed with people all probably thinking along the same lines. So why don't you just wait a week? So there's less and, <laughs> Uh, you know, you can't. I you feel. Can't I feel for the teenagers. Yeah. yeah, the teenagers are the ones that are missing it the most. I mean, this is the time for them to be social. They have, you know, only a few, a few short years until they start working, part time or whatever it might be, and then you know, university. What it's just, it's gonna fly by, and you're antisocial. Yeah, you're antisocial. You haven't really been able to work through the challenges of socialization because yeah. you haven't had the exposure and experience. And some of those best learnings are the ones that are most painful in those moments, you know? Mm. How do you navigate the conversation or that kid that's just, you know, where the spotlight couldn't be brighter, you know, that needs to have that attention? Yes. Or, and 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 you play off of that personality, and that now allows you to have an understanding of how to interact and engage. I mean, I think... Um, We've got a, uh, I've said it before, we've got a really long road ahead of us to figure out all the the hiccups and the bumps that, that have been presented along the way. You know, when it comes to people's, you know, interaction and social skills, I've heard, I've heard companies say they're not going back at all to offices. Yeah. So that's going to be an interesting play for how that, you know, affects business and commerce and, and uh, the social environment of offices. Some people, you know, the escape of home is so important for them that mix up that um, these expectations of where you need to be or where you want to be, you know, and not being able to be there. I think a lot of people are going to struggle for a very long time. At the same time, I think that there's a chance to modify that work environment mm. for the good. And that doesn't necessarily mean that a no return is the only answer. Maybe there's a chance to, to see that four day, I think there was, um, it's Spain, I believe. Yeah, was it Spain? I think it was Spain. That? Yeah, they were they were uh, pro not protesting, but presenting it to their parliament hmm. that uh, they're advocating for a four day four day work week. I think they should. What they should do is have have the option, like you can work, you know, majority of your time at home, but you know, maybe come in once or twice a week. That would be fantastic for everything. I agree. Traffic. Crowds on the subway, crowds on the train, commuters. Like, mm -hmm. I think that was, it would really help our society quite a bit. I think there's so many opportunities for us to take advantage. If we were just going to simply try to get back into what we were doing before, what a shame. We've learned a lot. Yes. We've got a lot more to learn. I get it. But now when you're talking about revolutionizing a system, like I think about the school system all the time, yeah. but if I can put oh. it into play right off the bat, private enterprise, you know, businesses where they have a chance to be able to make a difference and, and, and make, and become a leader in making a difference. And there's enough case, case studies around the world that we can draw on to say, um, Hey, this worked really well from a social and economic um, a community level, you know, somewhere over there. So let's take some of those best learnings, best practices, and put them into play here. And I think maybe four-day work week would be a great way to... It's a great start. Well, think about it. I mean, not just, you know, traffic. You made, yeah. a, you made a comment that was a good... That's a good... That's a right off the bat. You see a, a reduction in traffic. 
which means a reduction in costs, gas. I mean, it could be it's 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 a fifth, right? It's right. It's, it's a percentage of. Um, but then you think about wear and tear, and if you go beyond the car, you think about clothing. So now you've got one less day to worry about. Do I look appropriate for my job in the environment that you know it demands that I look like this? Right. Because we recognize now that it's nowhere nearly as important no. as it was before. You know? I heard the phrase, this is the first time I've worn hard pants <laughs> in a year. Hard pants. Hard pants. Jeans. Jeans. <laughs> Amazing. But that's that's big. I mean, if you can all of a sudden take out of the schedule the commuting time for that one day, the cost for lunch, the you know, the gas, the 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 the, the, the Next I mean, thing, but you know, those things all help businesses too. Like we want everybody to be successful and and run their businesses accordingly. But also, here's an interesting thing. My wife and I have saved more money than ever before during this lockdown because we're not commuting, eating out, kids aren't in programs. Like there's a give and a take. But I think a lot of people expected to lose a ton of money and a lot of people probably have but we were able to save money during this time wasn't a lot but I, the point is is like we weren't chasing as we were pre-pandemic right and you know and i think there's a lot of people in that same situation well their spending patterns were forced change and that that i think has a major impact into what stays in the account so yes. we're we're not on on $2,000, $5,000, $10,000 vacations. Yes. Family vacations, you know, on average, five people, $2,000 each. Easy. You're, you're at a minimum of $10,000. Yeah. And, you know, that's, if you're fortunate enough to have that as part of your plan anyway. And a lot of people I know do. So all of a sudden, $10,000 is now back in your pocket. Right. Um, and you may have had a challenge making the money, or maybe you didn't. Maybe you just, it was business as usual, and your mm -hmm. company, you know, kept you employed. That's and, right. And so great for you. For those people that were able to see that, you're seeing, you know, probably a ten to fifteen, twenty thousand dollar savings over the course of a year now that we've mm. seen this. You know, not eating out as much, not being entertained as much. There's less for us to spend money on, and in a lot of respects, I think it's helped people recognize what it is that was essential for them and what they'd like to do, what would be a nice by the way, or what was on the wish list. And um, you know, my wife. Uh, Tammy said, you know, she really doesn't miss the restaurants. And we were, you know, frequently at restaurants mm -hmm. because it was just a social thing to do. And um, there's no real, and I hate to say that because I want my restaurant friends to do well. Exactly. Um, but it doesn't need to be as often or as frequent as I used to do it um, because I just realized that I'm okay. You know, I'm okay without it. Um, that's not to say that curbside pickups not an amazing option right because we do treat ourselves to that uh, outside of becoming really good cooks better cooks i should say um we still want to support and we still want to be able to incur that i encourage people to do that but um when it comes to how that affects the dollar it's made a major impact because we too have seen kind of you know a nice build up of of the of the fun fund Mm -hmm. Um, and that's actually had us talking about 2022 and what that looks like for, where are we going to go? Yeah. Where's the yeah. family vacation? A because lot of people that are yeah. saying the same thing, like it just, we just want to plan that place to be at, to kind of rid the stink. 
Yes. Of <laughs> what we've been going through. Let me plan something. Let me get excited about it. I, yeah. was, I was quite excited this week because uh, friends of ours are on a cruise in 2022. And they've. Wow. You know, that used to be something we did regularly for March break. We yeah. had a family vacation on a cruise. And we decided to pull away from cruises and move into like destinations and, and see more and you know, yeah. be part of the culture. And that's how we found Costa Rica last year. And that was exceptional. Yeah. That happened right at the beginning of, 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 of COVID. Yeah. We were over there and came back with, um, you know, wide eyes and had this love and uh, affection for Costa Rica. We fell in love with it. Yeah. So as we're starting to plan and look for these, you know, future dates, there's an excitement and you become, there's a thrill to it again. And that's something that, you know. Been lacking for yeah. a, a year. Absolutely. You got to really make sure you're doing something to keep you excited, you know, that, that adds a little flair. And if planning a vacation does that, then... I say go ahead and plan it. Actually, according to American Express, mm. one of the um, one of the upspends in you know them identifying where people are spending their money is travel. Travel is going through the roof right now. Whether it's just pre-booking stuff, it's there's a lot of pre-booking, but the actual travel that's happening in in country is massive. So. Mm. Um, and certainly in the States, like, you know, there's more flights that are happening in the U.S. right now. Uh, it's like there's nothing that's ever happened. From my camping neighbors, there everything's booked. Everything's booked everything's for camping. Booked. Yeah. You can't get a cottage. You can't get a, RV, a chalet. RVs, RVs are hard to come by. Any kind of rental or purchase. They can't keep them in stock for purchase, uh, w- which is fantastic because I think, you know, we should be traveling within our own country to see. It. It's a beautiful country. You know what I watched last night? Um, there was a movie called One Week. Have you seen that movie? I don't think so. It's great. It's great. And uh, this this young guy who's about to get married discovers that he's uh, being diagnosed with cancer and he's got a week to live. And he lives in Toronto. Like they don't. Hi- it's a can- total Canadian flick. It's awesome. Cool. Great soundtrack. I think most of the people in the soundtrack are Canadian artists. And he's walking through one of those uh, alley garages in Toronto, and this dude had a garage door open. I think it's Dan Aykroyd. I'm not, don't, I, I didn't see that part. I picked it up halfway through the movie last night. It was on Crave. And uh, he decides to ride his motorcycle from Toronto to Vancouver. Uh, and along the way, you know, there's all these wonderful things happen but it's just like it's a beautiful country to see oh you're seeing landscapes in the movie and everything like that you know the people the cultures um and i hope more people do that you know we have to really play in our backyard for a while and then you know it's great to go to costa rica don't get me wrong of course particularly in the winter months um but you know we have so much to offer oh my gosh uh, in this country yeah i think i've seen uh a a fair bit of Canada. Um, I've been fortunate enough. I, in those early days and when we talked about the military, I got a chance to be in a bunch of different places and, uh, some that I can't wait to return to some that I'm looking forward to bring the family to because I've seen it without them and they need to see and experience and quite frankly, breathe it in. And I mean, literally breathe it in because every single region has a different smell and the water tastes different and all those things that make it really special. Um, but you're right. We have a very, very um, attractive, uh, you know, place to visit for people all around the world. So sometimes you don't know what you have until you uh, you realize that you can't go anywhere else. You got to spend some time here. Let's yeah. start looking at it. And the thing is, too, like you know, the way COVID is going, it doesn't make any sense. But 
in the summer times, it just seems like it would be a lot easier to, if you're doing like a travel with a Winnebago or a camping or whatever, a lot easier. You're still able to do it a lot easier to manage and be able to social distance a lot easier. So at least people will have that, you know, because right now it's nothing. Kids can't even play hockey together. Yeah. No, it's a challenge. Actually, one of the best vacations our family had was on a Winnebago. Um, it wasn't a Winnebago. It was, you know, one of those, what are they called? Uh, RVs. Sorry, I couldn't think yeah. of RV, two letters. Um, but it was uh, it was out to the East Coast. Oh. And it was my first time driving uh, anything anything yeah. that big. Um, I, was, I was definitely nervous about it, but I realized that I quickly kind of mastered it except for a long stretch of road in uh, just outside of Montreal where the wind was so strong that I felt like we were going to tip over. It was, wow. it was, it was very scary, but for the most part, it was more manageable than expected. Yeah. But what that did, man, like the music and the reading and the food and, you know, the, the pit stops and all the stuff along the way just made it a truly a very special time for my family and the kids. And, and how old were your kids when you did that? It was only three years ago. So oh. we had, um, I think, two late teens. Uh, well, Macy might have been uh, 15 or something like that. Miller around 12. And then Madeline was uh, probably 18. Oh, that's perfect. Um, yeah. And uh, we, we brought Madeline's brand new little dog. So there was, you know, a pet on there uh, on the on the trip as well. And we went out to the East Coast to, to New Brunswick to visit family. So nice. we pulled up in the big RV, planted it in the acreage that they have out there because they all have tons of land. And uh, it was really special. We had a really, you know, quite remarkable time. And actually the kids uh, put it as one of their top five vacations. Really? And my kids have been all over the place. Wow. Like, to the point where it's, you know, they're very fortunate. They've been into some of the best hotels and destinations around the world, you know, a lot to do with what I do for work, but um, they have a, a discerning palate as a result. And the one that you would think would be the most challenging for them, the without all the bells and whistles that you think would never rank up there, it's just about spending time with each other. It is, yeah. We've always romanticized about the idea of taking the family. For an hour. We can't even go a half an hour in a minivan <laughs> with all four of my kids <laughs> without... Okay, this like half an hour we can last really, and we want to go out east. That's not going to happen. So we're the whole thing is like maybe we fly there, pick up the Winnebago, and then drive around <laughs> and like just for our sanity. Because I would love it. I mean, I would just be an absolute heaven to be able to do a road trip like that because I love that stuff. Yeah, maybe when the kids get a little older, yeah, for I you, think you've that's, got young ones. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's the difference. I think when they can you know eat, breathe, and sleep on their own without any. Uh, Without any uh, coaxing or help, yeah. then you got something special there. But the constant complaining is just, wow, okay. Too much. Yeah, we're going to have to put that one off. I'm like, yeah, it sounds great. It's beautiful. It's going to be awesome when they're older. When you're older. Yeah, that's where <laughs> that's where it has to land. Um, yeah, so anyways, the kids, I think, are are very excited about you know moving into what's next. Uh, they're anxious. Uh, yeah. They're all in school. So that's something that keeps on coming up as I a topic. I did hear today that for March break, some students have been told, make sure you take all your stuff home because March break is coming up. Yes. Make, make sure you take everything home just in case we don't come back wow. right away. I know. And it's like, don't wow. even think about it. Don't even say it. Don't even think about it. I don't know what that's going to happen. I, what, I mean, I can't even imagine if we if we go into that again. Yeah, that's um, 
well, to me, here's another one of those, you know, reform moments. Like uh, I mentioned it before. I think that our education system is really, it's, it's, it's been built for all the wrong reasons. It's no, it's just like daylight savings time. It's, yeah. That's another conversation that's yeah. come up too. Obviously, it's no longer, it's no longer um, not relevant, not relevant. And, and the way that these kids are being taught, the way we were taught, um, even the methodology and some of the instruction has, you know, gone by the way of the dodo bird. But I don't understand why. I, I understand that you always want to advance and improve. I understand that. But it doesn't seem like that that's been the application in, in, in the education system. And then you have unions involved. Mm-hmm. and it, Like all of a sudden you've taken an idea and messed it up with, well, we can't have that because the union will never go. But aren't we here to educate the kids and give them what's best? Right. And that's not, uh, this catch-all that they've created is not effective. It's not working. People shouldn't, I mean, people, that right now kids are coming out of school. I think there's a new course that's available to them where financial literacy is part of the program. However, it should have been the, the, the number one class. You can learn algebra and calculus and for whatever reason that you never use it again in your life, but you can't figure out how to balance a checkbook yeah. or a bank account yeah. because yet you, you didn't, nobody's instructed you. And that's critical. Those, yeah. That foundation uh, on money management is so valuable and important into the future of how they operate, how their families operate. You end up learning what your family knows. And if that's not been part of the program, then you're only fortunate if your family did know it and, and could pass that on to you and give you some good guidance. But to me, that's where, at the very least, that needs to be changed. But I also, I've been listening to a senator. Um, oh, geez. I'm really not really good with names. But anyway, she's on TikTok. And it's great because she's very clear about the fact that, you know, she doesn't know that she belongs on TikTok. Um, but her daughter's helping her through mm-hmm. that. And I'll tell you, her content is amazing. And one of the things she came out with the other day was, should post-secondary education not be free in Canada? And I'm that's finally somebody is talking my language because when we can bail out corporations yes. to the tune of gazillions of dollars and put that as our priority um, to make sure that that tax base and those people are employed, wouldn't you think that a country that dedicates and commits itself to higher education, because if that's what's so critical and important and we're pumping out some very smart brains in the world, why not yeah. make post-secondary education in Canada free? Like, why not? Let's yeah. let's level the playing field. Let's create equal opportunity and be that leader around the world where, you know, I'm sure there's other places that have fantastic programs and have, like I say, case studies to be able to validate why this makes sense. That, I think, is one of the ones that should come to the table and be talked about because I think the, the discussions, um, the discussion and the outcome warrants it. Like, people are interested in that. Um, the other part of it that I thought was should be reformed is the curriculum and the criteria. And if there's not a, a time and restructuring things that we've seen right now where it's been forced upon us, let's just take a step back and recognize all the changes we made. We're recognizing that kids can learn online. Right. Um, it might not be the most ideal situation for a I, lot. I but think there's a certain age group. Right. I think the the younger kids can handle it for a certain amount of time. Yes. And then you need the you need the social interaction. You need to be together. But I found that the teenagers, um, 
they need that social interaction too, but they can handle the workload a lot better than, than the kids that are say that are seven or eight. Um, yes, I, I just, that was just my observation with four kids at home on computers <laughs> doing online for several months. And it was just the younger ones. It was a disaster. And, you know, uh, all of a sudden my high schooler is getting like eighties and nineties from going online. Right. And, and the so, same, we saw the understanding same. everything because they cut the course, uh, the curriculum in terms of the course load to two classes per quadmester or whatever it is. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, you can focus entirely on that subject matter, just whether you like it or not, you're going to be able to retain that information. Isn't that what it's all about, though? Well, that's it's, the thing. It's not just this. And the, 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 the emphasis forever has been put on the memorization of content. And that's, right. that's pointless. It just it has no bearing on the future, whether I remember it today and going to apply it tomorrow. Because we need to teach thinking. Thinking. That's the difference. Thinking. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being able to prepare people for worldly events, right. teach them to be entrepreneurs, teach them to be, um, you know, uh, trade, uh, um, and teach them to be something that they've shown a spark and an interest in. And then, you know, all of the other things that are, you know, mandatory spelling and language and communication and all that stuff. Yes, I get it. Mm -hmm. But the way you do it, I mean, they're even beginning to show studies where the tolerance for information is, is, much less than we expect them to perform. And so we expect them to perform in a, in a schedule that starts at this time and ends at this time. And we inject a break here and a lunch here and a break here. Um, because that system was built around factory workers. You got it. And so that story is making its way around the world, which is amazing because when you start to realize it and you've heard it, that, you know, the Rockefellers, um, were creating school so that they fundamentally could train um, future workers for the the revolution and the, and the and the and the businesses that they were that they were part of and bringing to life and and then of course if I've got children I really can't I can't be there to look after them I've got to be at the job so the schedule for the school has been set to be able to make sure that I get maximum productivity from the parents yes. So let's just take a step back for a second and recognize that that was then, this is now, you know, we need to, we need to really focus on preparedness for their future. Um, and now more than ever, when, you know, when people are coming out, we've beginning, we've began to tell, uh, remove the emphasis of university uh, on on jobs, uh, people are employers are looking now for a well-rounded, you know, uh, individual that has just enough of this and enough of that to make sure that they're going to be a perfect fit for you. Right. And not always does the academia part of this become the only answer and the only solution. So the mark doesn't mean as much as it did. Yeah. And employers and people in general are beginning to recognize the value of personality and creativity and the connection of all of these pieces that make up a really well-rounded individual. Uh, so I love seeing that transformation happening. I love when um, it doesn't require that you need this, 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 and this um, because personalities often can't be trained. Uh, that's what I, I hire on. I hire on personality and right. skill, skill in a lot of cases, you know, when you come to the trade skill that, that these professionals that work with me here have, 
then you need to have the skill. Right. It has to be part of this. Yeah. But your personality is everything to me. It goes far beyond the skill. We can actually improve the skill. Um, as I've seen and evidenced in some of the content that I've put on the stages for our national meetings where, you know, our clients are recognizing that the growth mindset says you can learn anything, right? anything with application and interest. Yeah. So that's where I think we got to make some changes. And I'm hopeful that there's more people out there talking about this. Well, and also too, you have to recognize now the whole gig economy too, that's growing. And, and uh, because of COVID that's expanded quite a bit too. I mean, that's a whole new way of making a living for, for some people. Um, I know I've known some creatives that have worked for a facility or an animation house or an editing house or a sound house forever. And now, you know, most of these folks are freelance now working on same projects they were working on before, but now they're in complete control of their, their time and their, uh, the projects that they work on too. <laughs> that's I mean, the, that's the, 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 the wild part of being an independent or a freelancer and, Everybody thinks that you have the chance to run your own schedule when, in fact, your schedule is dictated by the opportunity. Right. And, and you got to jump. And oh, yeah. You're still busy. Like, you're busy. Yeah, you know. Yes. We're, yes. we're up till midnight going back and forth. Like, how's this edit? Yes. Y- y- because the, the job requires that. It, you know, deadlines are deadlines and you have to meet them. And so when something's on your plate, you're cranking it. But tomorrow yes. when it's done and I have a couple of days between the next gig... That's free time for my kids. Yeah, you can invest in other things that make yeah. you happy. There is there is some freedom and liberty there that you don't get when you're tied down and uh, you've got to be at the desk from 9 to 5 or whatever. Um, but I don't think, uh, I mean, I, I know that there's reason and, and, and purpose in having somebody connected to the office. And there is some kind of collaboration mm-hmm. piece that really could be quite efficient and effective. Um, I do miss the collaboration with yes. my teams and being one-on-one. I think that there's something special about it. You mm-hmm. can judge personality. You can begin to, even the way that the little conversation happens, the raising of the eyebrow means something. So I, I, I never want to give that up. Um, but it I, shouldn't be one or the other. Right. I think, it, yes. We are going to figure this. Obviously, we're going to figure this out. Yeah. As time goes on, as this uh, virus dissipates, hopefully, we're going to figure this out and fi- and find out where the happy medium is because i mean i i think people are depressed and upset and scared right now because of the news but i think we're at we have been pretty happy people despite that does that make any sense to you yeah i think i think i share that that view i think that makes sense i mean We've we've always made it a point at our house to have dinner together, and it's always been like that. It's just uh, an Italian thing, I guess. I don't know. But <laughs> to hear people that we know that never had that time before, how much it's changed their lives. Well, I think, you know, it's always been important, but we were living really busy, busy lives, lives. In, yeah. in my house where quite often, you know, nobody's in the same place at the same time. And if they were, then they were out doing something else. And that's been the significant change. There's al- there was life. always something to do though. Like, yes, we have, we had so many choices to, to like movie, like just name it with any stitch of free time. We weren't uh, confined to go, Hey, you can't go there anymore. Cause it's not open. Like that right. never existed. Right. Everything was open all the time. Yeah. Choice of limited. And I think yeah. actually we had, we had the conversation in the house. We we're talking about school. That's why I thought yeah. this was topical. Um, in the house, we were talking about how it's changed and what's important to them. And, 
we also talked about being forced to be together. Yes. You know, and um, the question that came up was, do you think that when we have more options down the road, we're still going to choose to do this? You know, is is this just a temporary love-in? And then when the whole world goes back to, you know, schedules and calendars that are fully, fully filled, um, is this going to be something that we want to do? The and question is, too, do you feel more fulfilled now than you did before? Oh, my gosh. Night and day. Yeah. And I was fulfilled before. I yeah. Was, I was very fulfilled. But you also didn't recognize how uh, the, like the pace you were in right. or at was not 100% that necessary to be no. at that pace. It was, it was, in fact, much more work to be fulfilled and to feel like, you know, we're making those connections and contributions and because you would have to kind of maneuver around everything else you had in play, you know. It's, it's really, it was quite disappointing to hear that you didn't have time to do something that really would have been much more meaningful if you'd just done it, yeah, you know? And so, the, I mean, I think that the the cool response was, you know, it was from my eldest where she said, are you kidding me? She goes, I prefer hanging out with you guys, you know, over some of my friends. Wow, cool. And so, and she said that to me a couple of times over the course, even well before COVID, where, you know, if, um, if her and her friends were going out and, you know, we were going out, she would ask if they could come along. And I thought that was interesting because either one or two things happen there they want you to pay for it yeah or or they had nothing else to do and in both cases they didn't expect any of that you know and all of a sudden i get the feeling that we're entertaining you know yeah our you're kids, the fun our kids, our kids are enjoying this <laughs> you know right down to to music selection i've been told too that you know like it's, let's listen to your playlist i'm like what really you want to listen to my playlist that's an incredible you know feeling where all of a sudden you've You've uh, transcended generations. You've got a connection or bridge, a bridge mm. between generations, and we're beginning to see a lot of that, which has been very cool. Hey, um, man, I just watched that Billie Eilish uh, documentary on Apple TV. Cool. Oh, my God. That girl is a super talent. Super talent. Like, her, her and her brother. Oh, but you have to – the documentary is great. I mean, it's it's cinema verite in the room while they're writing this, this music for this album. Like, I mean, they were there from the day they started and, uh, it's amazing. The family dynamic, they're both, I think they were both homeschooled. Both parents were musicians, I believe. And their lives were singing and performing with the family. Wow. And all of a sudden junior, uh, Phineas, the son, the brother, He's just an amazing songwriter and she's an amazing singer and together like it's, it's fantastic. And she is so talented. Well, she's, um, uh, she's a, a, a representation of today, in my opinion, where I, I don't subscribe. I don't need to subscribe. I don't have to be anything to anybody else. Right. I'm going to be fully, fully committed to me. Um, to the music I create, to the look that I have, uh, to the way that I speak to people. I mean, it is really quite refreshing to see. Um, and in some cases, I think it might be misunderstood, you know, where it almost looks like you, you're, you're uh, anti, um, anti-connection, anti-community, um, anti-fans, and you know, that's not the case at all. No, if, you know? and it, once you watch this documentary too, you'll, you'll, 
grow a, a whole new level of appreciate appreciation for her. And uh, she, she's fabulous. She really is. And she's just like any normal kid, you know, That's like great. Uh, she's got a great sensibility and uh, it's, it's just awesome to see parents parent and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and th- I think they've done, uh, th- that's a tough thing to homeschool uh, a child for sure. And well, especially given that the resources weren't there during that type of homeschooling. Yeah. Where it's more traditional in the sense of either you were a, a granola, organic yes. hippie, and you were, you know, <laughs> oh, you're one of those ones. Right. You know, that's what the, th- the, the thought was. But I think there's... Definitely a different take on that today. Yeah. And thankfully, because let's let's produce some really great human beings. I think you're going to see a big movement in the homeschool um, process for sure. I think more and more people are going to choose to do that. Obviously, going through what we've gone through this year, parents are starting to recognize going, you know what? Like, this, this is not working for me. Right. It's not working for my kid. And I'm sure we can figure out some way. We have a friend that moved to Vancouver, and she homeschooled her three daughters. And um, she was an early childhood educator, so she, you know, education was kind of in her wheelhouse. But she had it managed really well where she connected with a whole bunch of other homeschool kids, so they would constantly, like, you know, when it was recess, they'd all get together and, and play together. So there was a... This community. One of the things that a lot of people probably have a misconception is homeschool kids are weird. They can't socialize or whatever. But, I mean, she made sure that they were always, you know, things to do, field trips, everything like that. Um, and she felt that her children were a lot better prepared when it came to go go, go to college. That Her kids would call her and go, like, these people are messed up. They're not prepared for any of this work. Like, it's insane. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love to see those stories. And actually... When you said it was good to see somebody parent, I think that, you know, the more examples we can have as parents, um, the better off we'll be because there's no rule book. And, you know, here I am 21 years into this and I still don't know what I'm doing. I have no real guide other than my guide, my moral compass, right. my things that I've learned along the way. I think I'm knowledged. Um a lot of what I've learned, I've learned out of, you know, um, you know, trial and error. I think yeah. most of us do. But when you see something that's working for somebody else, you, stand, you tend to gravitate to that and adopt and realize that that was a good thing that you saw. So I love when you can get some good real-life examples or you love the way that guy, you know, yeah. talked to, you know, his, his son or daughter and you picked up some good learning along the way. Yeah. I think the more of that that we can see, the better uh, for everybody. Good examples for us to kind of live by, which is kind of cool. I understand, too, that on the Billie Eilish uh, conversation that they all still live in the same house. Yeah. They still record in that, his bedroom. That's Brother's great. bedroom. That's incredible. The whole which album awesome. was recorded there. All in there. And they, ma- you know, they mastered it uh, at a different location, but that's typically the way things go. You just send it to somebody who, who can master it, but... It's amazing to watch them write songs, like, <laughs> and the time that it takes. Like, it's it's a it's a long process to write a tune, and I have all the respect in the world for people that write music and perform music and stuff. But to watch it, you know, uh, to be there to document that, like that, they were smart to have cameras in there right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Yeah. Well, I mean, what she released a song when she was sixteen on. On uh, was it iCloud? Really, no, uh, SoundCloud. Cl- SoundCloud. 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 Sorry, and it just 
took off like millions, millions of uh, listeners. And she became, she became, she be, she was doing uh, concerts prior to the release of that album. Like, Sing, singing build, the songs. She built yeah. an audience yeah. before, you know, and I the music loved, was out there. <laughs> I love this, uh, back to this whole idea of disruption, you know, like uh, when people are disrupting the way it happens and then create a better path, an yeah. easier, um, maybe more efficient, who knows, whatever it is. But I love when, when things are rattled, you know, to the, and we got rattled, you know, um, on a many, lif- many different levels. Um, so it makes you rethink the way you do things. And uh, I love the fact that the music industry had to be turned upside down, and it is, and we're sharing music, like, you know, freely. Uh, we pay for uh, services now where everybody's getting a piece of it again, thankfully. Um, it's really exciting. I think that those kind of examples out there um, really are motivating, you know, young uh, musicians that are kind of seeing somebody overnight turn into something that they never expected to be. That's very cool. Yeah. But a lot of people don't realize this. What She's not an overnight sensation because she's been playing and singing music her entire life. Right. Right? She just happened to be at her peak when the opportunity came. Well, that's what I mean. Like, And not to suggest that she's not talented and didn't put a lot of effort into that. My point about overnight was it took one video. Yeah. That's it. It took one video. We are so fortunate to be living in the time we are. This is, for me, the most exciting thing of my life right now. I'm, yeah. I'm, well, I'm, we were talking about this, di- uh, the digital art guy. What was his name? Uh, Beeble. Beeble. Yes. Beeble. So th- this I is mean, also exciting. I mean, the fact that, like like disruption and turning things on their, on their head, um, because what you expect that value is and where it's been created and it's been in, you know, in investments and property and and um, and art and uh, collectibles, you know, all of a sudden, you know, in comes this thing that I was talking about last podcast, which was digital art. I couldn't remember the acronym, but it's NFT, non fungible token. Um, and NFTs, although aren't new, they're new to the mainstream in in the last four, five, six months, where digital art is being authenticate authentic. Auth- <laughs> Authenticized? Authenticated. Authenticated? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Frank, we need to talk more. It's being authenticated through the blockchain, you know, uh, of course, all connected to cryptocurrency. It's being paid for um, by crypto in a lot of respects. Uh, so here's this brand new world that kind of just came out for us. And digital artists are seeing, you know, on auction, there are going from you know, $20, and to your point about Beeble, who created, started creating in, I think, 2015. Yeah, so he's he's an artist that has been working uh, on digital art since he was a, y- a young kid, right? Like, he's, is he still a teenager? I don't know. I don't know enough about him, yeah. but I do know this, that... Well, he uh, made headlines. Made headlines. I watched his family and him watching the auction. I think it was Christie's Auction House. Um, that were auctioning, I think it was called 5,000 Days or 5,000 Starts or Pieces or something about 5,000, where the premise was is that for 5,000 days, he was creating a piece of digital art every single day. Oh, my God. And Or a piece of art every day that he digitized, and the collection went up. And uh, He created it all on a computer platform. It's not like he painted something and took a picture of it. Like It's all generated on the computer. Yeah, and that that in itself, because there's lots of uh, 
experimental and, and new artists that mm-hmm. are out there that are using only digital platforms. Right. And I, I think that's amazing. It's kind of like the discussion and debate between musicians and DJs. Are yeah. They, are they yeah. not all musicians? You know, yeah. artists digital and artists tr- traditional. Are they not all artists? So anyway, the, I saw this this clip where his family uh, were watching as the as the auction started and it was at 25,000 and then it went to, you know, a million and everybody was freaking out. Then it was 25 million and then it landed, you know, the gavel went down at $69 million. But we're not talking about one piece of art to one person. It was many bids combined, right? To make it that much. Isn't that correct? Or I, I, quite frankly, I thought that they bought the full collection. I could be Oh, wrong. is it? Yeah. The collection. Okay. They bought some wow. one, one, one purchaser, whether that was a group of, of people or companies or, or who knows what the, who right. knows who had that kind of stash uh, to put into it, but they bought the collection for $69 million. Unheard of. Um, unheard of. And then of course you start seeing, you know, uh, and they probably cut out a middleman. Right, like I mean, art. There's art dealers right. and art. Right, it's direct. Right? direct so it's source. just right to him. Right, to, and then thirty percent for the auction house. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? No, no, that's the no. beautiful part. Can you imagine? And now, of course, there's. But he'd an, been working on this for a long time. At not just working on the art, but working on like we have to be able to present this and put it out there so people can purchase it in this manner. He was really a guy who who kind of like said, I I, I think this is how it's going to be, and yes. we should we should lay the groundwork for it. And we don't know. I mean, right now we kind of like sixty nine million. Can you imagine? We I should think, get him on the podcast. And we should get him on the podcast, <laughs> Beeble. We're looking for you. <laughs> you. Come on and let Come us to. share some information. <laughs> anyway, the point there the point there is is that I think. Like anything, when you're when it's brand new and it's exciting and it's got one application, you're like, I don't really get it. Yeah, I don't see how this is going to be something that we talk about in five years. Perfect. However, I think what's what's bigger than this is not knowing where it's going to go. And I've already heard about the authentication. Um, Jeez, um, authenticating a file is the bigger story here. Oh, okay. Uh, a digital file, because right now... But who does that? Well, it's... Who, it's who's the it's, authenticator? There's a bunch of, of uh, um, houses that are authenticating artwork. Okay. You pay a fee for it, and oh. you, rec- you register, and, you know... It gets recognized. It gets recognized. It gets kind of, like, date-stamped, and, it, and it's ownership, not unlike owning a website. You right. Know, like, that's your, your domain, and right. you own it. So they're talking about how to... Uh, how to um, validate art moving forward. And that's going to be through this digital art, through this program uh, or this process. And then the next conversation that came up was about deep fake videos (sighs) because deep fake videos, if you, if you have no knowledge, the, the the technology that exists today can be very, very um, uh, convincing in the sense of you in fact could be, you could replace my face and have your voice come out of, or I could have your voice come out of my face. Right. And they're talking about how about this in the criminal system and, and what happens if evidence is being presented, that's a deep fake. Right. And then, you know, you've seen some stuff online where, uh, you know, uh, the president or the former president said this, but in fact never did and vice versa, you know, somebody else came in and said something because the deep fake videos are so convincing. Right. And so technologically sound that it's almost impossible. So to authenticate 
original video content and then have that validated through a system that's been, you know, respected worldwide is another way that this system may find its, its, its legacy. It's going to have, you know, years and years and years they'll be talking about it. So I'm interested. I'm interested because like, this is brand new and you know, we're kind of like wild, wild west all over again. We're like, in a lot of respects, we're like 1999 talking about e-commerce, you know, yeah. and, and the likes. And that was like, ah, nobody's going to want to buy online. <laughs> and I want to get my credit card over the internet. So I, I learned something this week um, uh, through a friend that has a uh, shipping distribution company. Um, they found the predictions that they had for this <laughs> last Christmas in terms of shipping volume was supposed to be like 3x than their normal shipping capacity and it turned out that it was double that or something to that matter and what they found through uh research was the older generation learned how to purchase online the older generation started purchasing so exactly what happened so all of a sudden you they have a bit of more disposable income than probably most families yes and nice uh, nest eggs i can give you a a personal experience where um, my mother-in-law wanted some yarn <laughs> and my wife's like, oh, I'll have it shipped to you. I'll just order it on Amazon. She's like, what? And then the next day, you know, you get the email saying your deliver your parcel's been delivered. And, and she's like, I can't believe that it's, it's here. So what's the next step? Yes. You open an Amazon account for her and, you know, walk her through the process. And now it's, it's just like order everything. Order everything. I mean, she's not, she's not going out of control. But it's like to to know that that is a uh, is available to them, and knowing how to navigate and how simple it is. I mean, Amazon's the best at making it as simple as possible. Order now, and that's it. Um, those people that were not part of the game are now in the game. Those people, the Gen X and the Boomers, yeah. Um, they're participating, and to your point, they have cash. Uh, so you know, it, it might not be as frequent as you know my teenagers, right? But at the same time, it's in a lot of cases maybe higher priced items. But the fact is, is that you've now exposed this whole process and procedure to a market that didn't have any interest in it before. Right. We're actually not 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 that they weren't interested; they were afraid of it, right? And they didn't know how to navigate and. You know, I actually want for our next podcast to talk about the future of retail because I'm thinking about that a lot and I think that we've got some very interesting times ahead of us about bricks and mortar and clicks and mortar and showrooms versus retail spots um, and behavior. Behavior is a big piece of this. But I've seen other companies um, maybe even do a better job than Amazon in that process. Right. From a customer service perspective, right. from and that's where I think there's going to be a lot of headway and where we're, we're going to see expertise rise to the top, um, and we'll see an evolution of the likes of of the Amazons of the world, you know. But um, I've, I've personal experience ordered a piece of technology from from a, like a, a major retailer, Best Buy, and the process was seamless. It was flawless. It was it was a better experience than. Um, than some of the other big ones. So mm. I, I think that the the next step for us is to make sure that people continue. They feel that that convenience is important, that that, I mean, let's face it. I'm in the middle of cleaning the office or renovating or putting up, uh, you know, pictures or, or wall art. And I could either stop what I'm doing right now 
and not work on something else in the office. I can drive to my Home Depot. I get out of my car. I shop inside there. I'm talking about an hour to an hour and a half by the mm-hmm. time it's all said and done. Yep. Or I can spend 10 minutes online and it can be at my place the next morning when I didn't have to stop anything. Right. Maybe maybe 10 minutes Right. was my total out time. Yeah. Um, and I know that it's going to be exactly what I ordered. It's going to show up on time as expected. The delivery is tracked and I... I I can rearrange my schedule to suit my needs, not have to fall, you know, victim to the store hours mm-hmm. and make it make sure I'm there before 10. And if I don't go now and then all of a sudden I've got an hour and a half outside of my project that doesn't make me, you know, productive. Anymore. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times we'll have little guys at home where I, I can't leave them alone. Yeah. And I'm like, I have to get out there before the thing closes. Oh, click tomorrow. I'm going to keep doing what I need to do and I'll deal with that thing that I need tomorrow in order to keep this process going. And it just just makes it that much easier. Like I said, we are in the best time of our lives. This is, we're very, very fortunate, very lucky to have, you know, like in a, outside of all the, the damage that COVID has done, um, the realizations that it's provided, the opportunity that it's created and the, the behavioral changes have afforded us. Uh, I mean, you, you Imagine if this happened 15 years ago, we would have been pooched. But man, are we ever in a good spot? Um, I think we'll recognize more of that as we as we navigate through the next couple of years. That how fortunate we really are right now. Yeah, L- learning everything, learning education. We're gonna re- we're gonna we're gonna course correct. We're gonna do we're gonna do what's right. Enough enough families and parents and educators and and you know people with uh, more letters after their names than I could imagine. We need leaders though right now. Mm-hmm. We really do. We have witnessed. Uh, good decisions, horrible decisions, uh, more bad decisions than good decisions through the people we've elected uh, into office. And I think we need more leaders, people that never, ever wanted to be involved in politics, but are like, you know what? We need some common sense here. Yeah. We really do. And it's not about votes. It's not. It's it's about let's get course corrected. Mm-hmm. Let's set this up for this generation behind us because they're in a heap of trouble um listen look at look at the housing market right now in ontario it's gone crazy there's there's no reason why houses have gone up so much in this such a short period of time there's no reason at all come on and the fact is people are just going out there putting uh, bids two hundred thousand dollars over asking price that's insane yeah there's uh, i mean and my my concern is when my children are going out on their on their own, they're never going to be able to purchase a home. They're, it's just not going to happen. No, they're going to live entirely different lives. Than Unless us. that generation changes things, though. Right. Or we do. Right. That's where those corrections will come along. And it actually has a lot to do with leadership. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, when politics weren't important to you and you didn't vote, now I think you're going to have a more discerning approach to it. And you want to make sure that you understand the position of that person that's saying, hey, look at me, I want to be your voice. Yeah, You're going to interest people, just like the U.S. election interested people that had never participated in a vote before. Yeah. Um, I think now we're going to look, you know, we're going to scrutinize more and be more filled with intent and direction when we start to say, what is your position here? How are you going to help me and my family make sure that we can navigate the waters? Yeah. Like, And then be remembered for how they navigated their their time in office through this. Yeah. 
you know, so. And it's not just men involvement. It's women, too. I mean, well, we have our first female vice president who I haven't seen on TV at all, <laughs> nor have I seen the president on TV. But, I mean, the first female vice president, and it's, that's massive. But it just seems to be buried with everything else that's going on um, that, it, 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 I don't know, I think that should be massively celebrated. I mean. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I, I don't see as much of it as I'd like because uh, I think we got bombarded for so long yeah. with stuff that didn't make a difference, really. It was more entertainment than it was value. Um, but I do think that anything that I have heard has been really, you know, it's been quite refreshing. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see what happens there more from that leadership. Um, but I think that, you know, to your to your point, um, we're going to see this reform in how we are, are, are being, how we are being selective about who comes into politics for us too. Yeah. I'm thrilled and I'm excited about that. It's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, uh, and you wonder, is it going to be like uh, an immediate impact or is it going to be something that's just going to take a snail's pace to, you know, it's a, it's a big ship to turn, right? <laughs> it's a big ship yeah. to turn. I mean, um, I've been told many times that you should go for politics. Yeah, you should be in politics. And you should. I don't, you know, I don't know if, <laughs> but uh, it's politics. <laughs> I don't know if it's something that either I have a stomach for, or they'll have a stomach for me because um, I'm a kind of a no nonsense, uh, get it done kind of guy. Right. Maybe that's that's actually the point that you were making, where we need some common sense. And um, you know, it's been said many times that uh, I'd love to stand behind you and 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 have you represent us. And I think that's super complimentary. It, makes it is, me feel but really good. my fear is that you get in there, the system right. will handcuff you. Right. The hot scout I've been told, I've been told I, by some people that are in various positions that said, you, you know, you got to really, you, you've got everything that the job needs you to have with the exception that you're going to be bridled and you're yeah. going to be, you're going to be, you know, calmed. And, and that needs to change. I think like so too. That is the problem right there is I the fact so that it, it, you, you're, you can't talk about this subject. No, 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 no. We need, we have so many things to fix that everything is open. Everything is an open, open conversation now. Yeah. And that's what we need more too is conversation. Yeah. And let's not worry about the things that mean nothing. I don't yeah. care what you look like and I don't care what your, your gender is. I don't care what you identify as all the things that, People get so caught up on. Let's just talk about what's going to move us all forward. That's right. You know, let's. And I, I'm looking forward to those real conversations with real people yeah. that aren't out to simply collect. Votes. Just accept and move on. Yeah. You know. Agreed. Whatever. Accept and moved on. Yeah, yeah. Just accept it. You move know what on. I heard? This is my. This is probably where we should be wrapping up okay. soon. But um, one of the best things I heard this week was, you know, why a rear view mirror is so small, because in comparison to the front-facing window, you only look at the little tiny things in the rearview mirror, whereas you have the whole window in front of you to look at, see what's available. Okay. And that, to me, is exciting because that's kind of the way I live my life. What's behind me is done. Move on. Let's keep going. Let's not make it a part of our future if it doesn't need to be. But look what we have in front of us. Right. You know, and that's where I'm most excited about it. So the office renovation and cleanup is giving me a chance to be creative and, and to, to have organization behind me. Um, the family discussions and that dynamic to keep on growing um, make me feel like we're in a really healthy spot. Yeah. And the fact that we're being rocked and shocked by what's happening digitally in this world tells me that there's a lot of disruption that still continues yeah. to happen. So we've got a lot to look forward to, man. I'm thrilled for it. Me too. I really am. 
Frank, bud, thanks for being on. Thanks for uh, teeing this all up for us. And for all of you that sat in and listened, and even if you took on a little piece of this, I'm grateful to have you guys and uh, look forward to the next time we can get on and podcast. So do everything you're supposed to do on these podcasts. Like, subscribe, pass it on to some friends, and uh, let me know what you'd like to have us talk about because uh, that's really what we're here for. We're just kind of muddling our way through the life of podcasts. So I hope you were entertained and at the very least maybe uh, got something out of it. Thanks for joining me today.